I want to greet each of you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and without further ado if you can take your bible and go to the book of acts chapter 16 verses 23 through 34 acts 16 23 Thank you brother. Let's start with a quick word of prayer. Lord our heavenly Father, we thank you Lord for this time. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to see another brand new day, Master. What a privilege it is that you have chosen us and you came in search of us, Master. We thank you that you have given us another day to worship you, to be in your presence and to hear from you, Master. Lord, I pray that you will bind and rebuke every wretched devil, every foul spirit that is at war against your children that is at war against this time of meditation this time of prayer and this time where you get ready to speak to your children master anoint these lips of clay master strengthen this weak body and i pray that let your mighty holy spirit saturate this place let your mighty holy spirit grip our hearts and we pray that let your will be done today in jesus name we pray amen please be seated i want to speak to you from the subject it's a setup i know it sounds very cliche but i will prove it to you that why the lord sent me today with this message that it's a setup so look to the person to your right and tell them whatever you are going through it's a setup I think most of you are sleeping so now look to your left and look that person eyeball to eyeball and tell them whatever you are going through is a setup I don't think you're convicted much but I will help you after the sermon The Bible says that this great prophet Isaiah reveals to us five characteristics of the Lord wonderful counselor mighty God eternal father and prince of peace five characters characteristics of the lord the book or or rather the pentateuch have five books genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy five books 
the bible says that 5 is a unique number it's a special number it's a number of grace when the lord was hanging on the cross there were five wounds on his body his right hand left hand right foot left foot and they pierced him to his side five wounds the number 5 is very significant and i'm going to speak to you about five points today from the scripture portion i want to talk about the five p's because my name starts with a p the first thing that i want to lay for your consideration the bible says that the mighty holy spirit was leading apostle paul like a gps it took him to places where he had to go where he had to sow it took him to places where he didn't gain anything but he was maneuvered by the mighty holy spirit and wherever the mighty holy spirit took him paul was going perfectly as per the will of god have you ever experienced this kind of move from god have you ever been maneuvered by the mighty holy spirit it's a very unique experience because it will not make sense you will look like a fool and people will think you're crazy but you will reach your final destination so the mighty holy spirit takes him to different places he goes to greece he ministers there he goes to epiphus the banking hub of those times when i read that it really excited me because you know after marriage my expenses have increased i really need finances as much as i'm holy as much as i know the scriptures i've got to pay my bills so it it really you know uh, trigger joy in my heart that god's got my finances under control because he captured ephesus and then he comes to philippi and in this journey this woman begins to follow paul and she starts praising paul you know paul is a nice man i guess because he was always led by the holy spirit and the bible says that he himself says that i spoke more in tongues than any of you so i'm assuming he measured his words unlike some of us who love to run our mouth like a tap so he was very careful i guess and slowly this praise was beginning to get to his nerve and then it br- brings him to a point where he says i'm in i've i'm done with this and he drives the demon out you know today we are so fascinated by what we hear <laughs> but unless you have the spirit of discernment you don't you will never know which fire is from heaven and which fire is not from heaven because everything sounds nice she was doing the right thing she was praising him she said oh what a man of god but it was not coming from heaven this is why i'm very scared for this generation because they are hearing a lot of the right things but it's not coming from the right places you have to be very careful my dear brothers and sisters so he drives this demon away and guess what happens her masters get so mad that they report paul and silas because they no longer could benefit out of her you will be amazed by the fact how mad people can get when they cannot benefit out of you <laughs> they love you they'll kiss you they'll give you a ride they'll praise you 
but the moment they don't see any benefit out of you you will drive them crazy so these men were absolutely mad which brings me to the first p that paul and silas because they were doing ministry because they were zealous for god they had to face problems i am very sure that some of you one of you or all of you have many problems or at least one problem if you don't have any problem please meet me after church i want to know what you're doing because i want to lead that same life the first thing that i want to emphasize today is that as believers as somebody who trusts and believe believes in god you must know that you will face problems nobody is exempt from problems and you must remember that even paul can you believe this the man who perhaps gave us the greatest revelation of jesus christ had to face problems so don't get upset don't get depressed don't get oppressed don't give up when you are facing problems in your life you could be facing problems with your health with your finances with some crazy people with your job with your marriage with your family with your child but i'm here to tell you it is all part of the big plan of god it is all part of this big setup that god is doing which is beyond human comprehension in your life remember the next time you are faced with a problem i want you to go back and read acts chapter 16 for you to understand that god is with you because when problems hit your life and when when the world is against you when people are against you you begin to wonder is god truly there is god looking at my life why am i facing this problem why should this child face through the face this problem is god really there many times the enemy starts playing with our mind so i want you to remember that you and me are never going to be exempt from problems and also i want you to understand if you are handpicked by god if you are chosen by god the problems are going to be greater i wish i could tell you turn around throw 50 dollars jump on one knee everything will be okay it makes my life easy it makes your pastor's life easy it makes all ministers life easy because the more you are anointed the more you have an assignment sitting on your head the bible says paul and silas were thrown into the inner sanctum of the prison the more you are having a plan sitting on your life the more you will be surrounded with darkness you will be thrown into the inner sanctum of the prison so never given or give up when you face a problem in your life and tell the enemy i am going to face this problem which brings me to the next point the second p to face that problem you must have perseverance 
Perseverance is one rare commodity in today's time and age, my dear brothers and sisters. Because it requires courage to have perseverance. To be successful, you need courage. To face failures, you need courage. To be married happily for 30, 40, 50 years, you need courage. To build your life, to build your family, to build your career, you need courage. It's not that I'm not happy. Because I'm not happy, I'm going, I'm giving up in this marriage. I'm not happy. Who told you you're going to be happy? Who told you you're going to be happy all the time at church? Your baby feelings are sure to be upset. You need courage. Today, many people lack courage because perseverance has become alien to them. One of the early lessons that the Lord taught me was to have courage. And if you read the Bible well, repetitively from Genesis to Revelation, consistently God kept telling his people, do not fear. The first Assignment that Gideon was given, he says, Gideon, you are the chosen man. And now I want you to go and look at all the people that you have and announce this message that whoever is scared, let them leave. He says, get rid of all the people who are scared because they are not going to be part of my plan. I need people who have courage. Do you have the courage to face what you are facing today? You know, when I first started the ministry in 2012, or rather when I started preaching in 2012, I started something with with the permission of God, or rather with the instruction of God. I started something in New Jersey towards the end of 2012. And 2013... I was asked to go to a country in Latin America. So now I'm wondering, is this me? How do I get this accomplished? How am I going to fly all the way from here? But still God opened some doors graciously for me. And you know what I had to go through? I've not shared this with many places and I'm not saying this to gain your sympathy. But I want you to know that I walk the talk. And you can ask my wife, I'm not a phony preacher who says hallelujah here and goes home and yells and beats my wife. Not that I can do it because most likely I'll get beaten. Or, you know, I'm really scared. You know, I don't know what needle she could stick into me once I'm asleep. So these are good and bad things about marrying a physician. But nevertheless, as soon as I started going for this assignment, there was a very big need for our ministry in India. So I scraped my entire bank account and sent it, and I had to send it to India. And then I started preaching. Slowly people are beginning to tell me that, you know, when you pray it's nice, the revelation that God gives you is nice, but your preaching is, you know, some of them were very kind, some were blunt, it is useless, brother. And then I'm traveling all this way, And first time God gives me a glimpse of poverty. For the very first time in my life, 
I had to live on a $3.50 budget every day. And I'm not exaggerating. God is a witness and a couple of them in my life know this. Every day, I didn't even have money to travel. You must remember, I had a very good job. I had a very good position and I had a very decent salary. But everything had to go to the ministry at that point. So I couldn't even use the public transport. So I had to walk one way seven miles every day in the morning and back in the evening. I started shrinking in size. You know, people thought I was having cancer. But, you know, thank God I was in the marriage market for hundreds of years that I told them I'm just trying to lose weight because the sisters don't like fat guys. So it went well with the story. I started shrinking. And I didn't have money to eat. So morning I had to drink water before I walked seven miles. Afternoon a small meal which I could afford for $3.50. And return I again had to walk seven miles. And guess what was waiting? A sumptuous meal, a glass of water. Every bit of mine inside in this mind in my heart is telling me quit this. But I had to persevere this. And it required extraordinary courage. And you must remember, I'm not a 70-year-old dude who's run his life, done all that he needs. I was a young man with all the right resources. But I had to do this. So I would fly Friday morning, reach Friday evening, preach Friday night. Saturday morning I preached, Saturday night I preached, Sunday morning I preached, Sunday afternoon I preached, Sunday night I preached. When I go home, it's around 12.31. I have to drive two and a half hours to the airport. Two hours of sleep. When I go and sit on the, air, on the airplane, I'm dead. I don't know what happens. The next time when I open my eyes is when the plane lands. And straight I had to rush to work. It was terrible, but it required courage. You know, as a leader, I'm telling you this now because I have gone through this. Because one of the most important lessons God taught me, as a leader, you don't expose your problems. You go through your problems. You face your problems. And once you overcome this problem, then you talk about this problem. So you need courage for whoever it is today. Whatever you are facing today, my message to you is you need courage. And ask God to give you that courage to persevere whatever you are going through. Which brings me to the third P. Is praise. Oh, it's a lovely word, right? Because that's the easiest. Standing there when everything goes well. Hallelujah. Wonderful singing. Great music. And whenever we hear something, we are told that if you have a problem, I want you to praise God. Which is very true. And in this text, we are often told and we often read that Paul and Silas, at midnight, they started singing and worshipping God. Which is very true. But more conveniently, what we skip and what we miss is that before they started praying and singing, they had to be beaten. They had to be stripped. 
they had to go through pain and torture. It is very easy to praise and worship God when everything is going well. But when you are beaten, when you are bruised, how many of us in this room have the strength and the tenacity to worship God? I'm not talking about a generic praise. I'm talking about a sacrificial praise. It is those sacrificial praises that go as a fragrance into the presence of God. The Bible says there was this woman, a sinner woman, the Bible says. She brings this alabaster box of perfume and as soon as she sees God, as soon as she sees Jesus Christ, guess what she does? She opens the alabaster box. Well, actually, I blew it. That's what we do. She's not doing what we do. We are the ones who open the alabaster box. We are the ones, Lord, you bless me today, one, one drop of perfume today. You bless my child today, one more drop, giving biscuits to God. But guess what this woman did? She took the alabaster box and she broke the alabaster box and she poured that cologne on him and she prepared him for his funeral. That was her entire life saving. This is called as a sacrificial praise. And guess what Christ says? He says wherever the gospel is preached, you have to preach about this woman. Because this praise is a sacrificial praise. We have to be clear about this, my dear brothers and sisters. Today you could be beaten in your body. You could be bruised in your body. You could be beaten in your marriage. You could be beaten with the situations in your life. You could be beaten because your child is driving you crazy. But amongst the situation, amidst the situation, you got to start worshipping God. Because when you worship him through pain and agony, it goes as a sweet aroma into his presence. There is a direct correlation between crushing and anointing. The more you are crushed, the more begins to flow out of you. The next time the enemy attacks your body, tell him, bring it on baby. I'm not going to cave in. The next time he attacks your child, tell him, bring it on baby. I'm not going to cave in. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to worship God even more in this time. So I want you to remember that you got to have sacrificial praises. Not these phony praises that you do on a Sunday morning. It's those sacrificial praises when nobody knows what you are going through. The pain that you're enduring. The suffering that you're enduring. Which nobody knows. You got to shut that closet of yours. Go down on your knees and sing praises unto him. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas do. They were beaten, they were bruised and now they start worshipping God. And guess what happens? It brings me to the next P, which is power. Everybody wants power. 
people in the corporate world go to any extent to grab power. People go to any extent for financial power. Power is very addictive. Power without control is dangerous. And some of us here need power in our spiritual life. Because we don't know what is happening. Why am I going through this? What is God trying to teach me through this? What power do I need to overcome the enemy in this area of my life? Let me tell you the secret, my dear brothers and sisters. When your life is broken, when your body is broken, when your mind is broken, when you have perseverance, and when you start praising God, God releases his power into your life. We are always talking about the earthquake God sent when they started worshipping God. But nobody is telling you it has to be a sacrificial praise. And then God's power is unleashed into your life. So ask God, Lord, I need this power. When people started telling me that your preaching is so horrible, please reduce it and pray more. You know what I did? Amidst all of this grilling and grinding that God was taking me through, I didn't get depressed. You know, like this generation, I didn't go to the pub, get drunk, drink beer and then praise and worship God and preach God. I don't do all that. I said, Lord, you have to give me power. You must open my eyes. You must show me revelation. You show me this or take my life. You have to give me power. The only thing I started praying was for power. And this power was not to get a kick out of it. This power was to show people that when you stand firm with courage, God will unleash revelation into your life. God will unleash power into your life. And guess what? Man's power is one thing, but God's power is completely different. You know, the brothers and now even sisters, everybody is going to the gym to get powerful. Physically. Including me, I'm not exempting myself. I'm trying hard. I'm struggling with dieting. I have good days and bad months. You know, it's tough. I'm telling you it's tough. And please pray for me. I'm getting better though. But everybody's trying to get power. But this power is only for your body. But when God releases power, it not just impacts you, but it impacts everybody around you. The Bible says that it was right for Paul and Silas's chains to break open. But the Bible takes the time to tell you and me that every prisoner's band was broken open. Can you believe that? They were just in the presence of Paul and Silas. You have to be in the presence of an anointed servant of God. Whether you like it or not. Because when you are covered under that umbrella, 
there is a power that is released and when god releases his power it not just impacts you but it impacts your child it impacts your children's children and it impacts generations to come so when somebody is driving you crazy at home don't yell and scream and fight and pull each other's hair what you have to do is go into your private closet and tell god lord i need your power because i know when you release your power you will touch my crazy son you will touch my crazy spouse you will touch my crazy job you will touch my crazy finances this is the difference between god and man god is not for you know interim fixes temporary fixes he is a god of permanent fixes that is why the bible says whom the son sets free is free indeed so ask him for power because it will not just impact you it will impact your family i guarantee you but this is not the core of my sermon these were just appetizers now is the main course so don't sleep from now on the most important p that you should remember is perception today why do you have me here <laughs> because you perceive me as a preacher why do you have a pastor because you perceive him as a servant of god it's all about perceptions it's all about perceptions how you perceive your problem is up to you that is the difference between an anointed person and a lay christian when problems hit your life an anointed man or a woman looks at the problem with a different perspective you cannot approach your problems with your worldly wisdom because you will miss the greatest revelation from god that was the difference between paul and all of us here he was thrown into the inner prison he was beaten and bruised and broken he persevered all of this god released his power but all of this came together because god was setting him up for a great miracle in his life if you read the bible well the bible tells you and me that paul ministered everywhere around philippi no success he was not seeing any victory guess what happens now the brother is thrown into the prison and you will be amazed by the fact that when everybody's chain was broken the jailer there was so committed to the cause that he was ready to kill himself but paul says hey don't kill yourself we are all here we are all here because paul perceived this problem very differently and guess what happens because he had the right perception for your information the first philippian church started in the philippian prison 
Paul went around ministering with no luck. No use. Everything was going down the drain. But because he knew that this was not a problem for him, the Holy Spirit maneuvered Paul, allowed him to go through all of this because God was setting him up in this prison. The enemy meant it for evil, but God set him up and established his church in the same prison. And guess who was the first believer? It was the same jailer and his entire family. Isn't it amazing? He never perceived it as a problem. He perceived it as an opportunity. Could it be possible, my dear brothers and sisters, that whatever you are surrounded with today is going to be one of the greatest opportunities for God to establish his name? If you don't believe me, let me give you this and I will close. All of us know about the story. The five fish, if you read King James Version, you get to read fishes, which is incorrect. Two loaves of bread and five fish. Everybody around Jesus Christ, the 12 head honchos who were surrounding him, came up to him and said, we had a problem. We can't feed so many people. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough money to build the church. We don't have enough money to feed the people. We don't have enough money to pay the bills. We don't have enough money to take care of the family. They had equal problems like you and me. And they come with this problem to Jesus Christ. And guess what he does? He didn't look at it as a problem. He perceives this in a completely different manner. He says, in your eyes, this is a problem. But in my eyes, it is a great opportunity for me to establish God's name on this earth. He says, make everybody sit down. I want everybody to be composed. I want them to sit because I want each and every person to see this miracle. He says, this is a problem for you, but this is an opportunity for me. And guess what happens? The problem that they brought to him turns out to be one of the greatest miracles of his times. Everybody perceived it as a problem, but the Lord perceived it as an opportunity. You know, you should remember all these thousands of people followed Jesus that day to hear his message. But please help me understand, if you know the Bible well, there is no record of what he preached. Did you think about that? They followed him only to hear the message. But the Bible does not take the time to tell you and me what that stunning message was. I was reading the Bible so many times because I shamelessly wanted to use that sermon. But I couldn't find the sermon. If it was so stunning and everybody was lost in that sermon that they didn't care about eating, they didn't care about the heat around them, 
they were lost in this message but the bible does not record what that message was instead the bible records that problem statement and the bible records how god turned that problem into a miracle it only talks about how this miracle took place you must remember my dear brothers and sisters there is no value for people who keep talking about problems you have to be a problem solver in your life you have to have an answer for your problem today we are all grumbling and mumbling and complaining but very few of us have an answer to the problem and the reason why we don't have an answer is not because god has not given us sufficient buddhi god has given graciously to everybody but we don't perceive things in the right way could it be possible that if you perceive this problem from god's perspective it will change the rule of the game whatever is that problem i want you to perceive it differently from today look at it from god's perspective i ask god a lot of questions unlike you and unlike many holy people around you i ask him why it's not the why of an arrogant child it's not the why of a belligerent child it's ah uh, it's the why of an inquisitive child to understand the father's perspective every time the enemy attacks me i'll ask him why which door did i open i don't blame him i know it should be it the fault should be on my side the gap is on my side which door did i open for him what did i commit incorrectly so you must ask this why because your perception will change so i want you to remember these five p's problem perseverance praise power and perception and i want you to go home and meditate and be blessed god bless you.